and welcome back to Just Saying with me, your host, Jennifer Saying. After a short hiatus where, well, I don't know, is it just me? Since we started to come out of lockdown, things have become that little bit more hectic, right? And seriously, I do not know how on earth we've made it to September already. But seeing as we have, for those of you who don't know, September is Alopecia Awareness Month. It's a topic that's especially close to my heart. Alopecia is an autoimmune disease in which your immune system attacks your healthy hair follicles. It happens to both men and women of all ages or races or creeds. It normally starts with a small, smooth round patch, and there generally isn't a rhyme or reason for it, but it's said to be linked to stress or trauma. And to date, there aren't really any cures that we know of or that are guaranteed to work. There are many different types, and I've suffered from universalis, where I lost every strand of every hair on my head and on my body. Anyway, what better way for me to raise awareness than to speak to you guys about my alopecia journey? Hi guys. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. I am just saying, I'm just saying, I'm bald. Yep, I am bald. Squeaky clean, bald, bald, bald. (laughs) Wow, this is a big topic. I don't even know where to start. I have had alopecia for approximately 11 years and I don't know why. There was never a big episode or event or traumatic experience or time in my life. If anything, the only thing I can link it to is the span of my career, my professional career. At the end of the tour I was doing at the time, surprisingly, it was hairspray. It's quite ironic because obviously that's all about the wigs. If you've seen the Sage show, you will know what I'm talking about. These elaborate, fantastic, amazing wigs. And they were on and off our heads all the time. At that point, I was wearing, I had hair extensions, I think. And I remember being in Edinburgh and sitting in the Wiggy's chair and noticing a tiny ball patch, bottom corner right of my head. Squeaky clean and a circle. And I just assumed, oh, one of my extensions must have been pulled out and I've not realised because, you know, it's really smooth. And then gradually from then on, I would lose bits and it would grow back and I would lose more and it would grow back. And then eventually I lost more than ever grew back. And I spent a lot of time putting extensions back in and trying to cover it up, shaving more of the side of my head to make it look like I'd chosen to do it, putting patterns in it. And I spent a lot of time feeling like I was a good person for alopecia to happen to because I'm a black girl and nobody really knows what my natural hair's like anyway. What's really sad about this whole alopecia situation is that I struggled with my hair a long time. In the time that I've had alopecia, I think there have been some really big conversations about black hair, afro hair in particular. I don't know how I'd be wearing my hair now if I had hair. But I definitely struggled I wanted to spend as little time, as little effort, as little money as I could on my hair. But I did want it to look good, of course. I spent a lot of time doing extensions, relaxing my hair, particularly when I was younger. 
I chopped it short and I think that was my always my favourite style, but still relaxed. I loved it short, but it still wasn't my natural hair. I think today that's how I would be wearing it. Maybe, maybe naturally though, it's what I like to think. And it's just funny because I always felt my Afro hair was unkempt and unruly. It was tough. It was dry. It was stubborn. It was annoying. I lived with my girls for three years and I would take my hair extensions out in my room, whack a hat on and run to the salon to get my hair done and they'd never see my natural hair in between. Similarly, with my other half, I'd do that as well, but then I started to lose it, so... That was a different story altogether. <laughs> of course, now I would give absolutely anything just for an inch, just for a centimetre of hair, my natural hair. Because the difference between a bit of fuzz and squeaky clean feels humongous. It feels like it's been difficult because it wasn't a choice. And if I'd chosen to shave my head, wet shave my head, or if I'd chosen to you know, give myself a buzz cut. I think that would have been a different thing entirely. The mental strain, the mental turmoil that you go through is unbelievable. I think I didn't even really acknowledge it properly until about five years ago when I lost it all. And I had this sort of monumental moment with my mum. I was in Rome with her. And I had, at the time, I had the tiny bit of patch. It was like a reverse priest haircut. I had a patch in the middle centre crown of my head, of my hair, and everywhere else was bald. So the back and sides were bald. And I'd had this weave put on. And it was like <laughs> sewn into the top middle and then just like flapping down, but covering everything. You would never know. Um, until obviously I'm standing on the tube or wherever and there's a gust of wind and it flies up and you see my exposed bald head. Mortifying. Um, but we had this moment in Rome and I was just like, this is ridiculous. What am I trying to achieve here? What am I, why am I still trying to hold on to this? And we just took the scissors and chopped off the rest in the middle. And then I was finally bald and it never grew back. And as much as that should have been liberating, it wasn't. It was... It was very difficult. At the time as well, wigs weren't really a big thing. They weren't sort of everyday hair wear as they are now. I see so many people wearing them as a fashion choice, which is fantastic now. But at the time, I don't think maybe wigs, they weren't as easily accessible in that I didn't think I could find one that would look really natural and now I feel like I can find them in a lot of places. I was lucky to be working in the industry I was and working with lots of amazing wiggies who could teach me how to bandage my head and attach my wig and teach me about the different glues I could use. But five years ago, I wasn't interested in doing that. I thought people would be able to see if I was wearing a wig and it would be embarrassing and people would just know for some reason. I'm lucky now that it's not taboo at all. And I'm sure a lot of people I meet think I've just made a choice to wear a wig and I've probably got an afro hidden in some camo underneath it. Cutting a very long story short, I've very recently started to wear my bald head out as a choice. Started to 
embrace it or try to embrace it. In fact, I've been trying to do this for a while, but, you know, I had housemates for four or five years and for a couple of those years, my housemates didn't know I was bald or that was losing my hair because I would hide it. And I think I hid it quite well <laughs> until I lost my eyebrows and my eyelashes. And that was not easy to hide. That must have been the most difficult part. And I think literally because I couldn't hide it. One of the really difficult things about wearing a bald head um, is that I get confused for being a man quite often. <laughs> it's really quite tragic, actually. Um, and hey, I don't know how many of you women have ever experienced that, but it can be quite damaging, particularly because throughout my life as a dark-skinned black woman, I feel like I've always fought against those stereotypes of being really strong and stern and aggressive. And what having a bald head does is reaffirm those stereotypes. Or at least I feel it does. It's not necessarily true, but the look is most definitely one of power and strength and I'm not always powerful or strong <laughs> so it has been a difficult battle because what's on the outside doesn't necessarily reflect what's on the inside but that's what you see on first meet in a, as a first impression I get oh cheers mate all the time <laughs> or no thank you sir because mate obviously that's a bit you know, it's a bit ambiguous, isn't it? Maybe they haven't thought that I'm a guy, but I can tell normally. Um, but when they say, oh, can I help you, sir? <laughs> it's it's horrible. Um, so, yeah, of course. It's no wonder it's been a struggle for me to wear my bald head out because of the sort of connotations or the stereotypes or what you expect people are thinking of you, expect you to be or assume you are ill or something. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's difficult to sort of always rise above being called a man. And equally, I don't always want to wear a low cut top to make sure people see my boobs and know that I'm a woman. <laughs> I've also never been someone who's been massive on makeup. I use it, I enjoy it, I love it. Particularly in my job and I've got some great kit and stuff. But all of that was new to me, learning how to draw my eyebrows on, especially eyebrows that were non-existent. And you can imagine what it's like trying to put on a fake lash without a real lash to guide you. But recently I have been coming to terms with it, after all this time. I've tried to not deny the fact that this is a really big part of me. I've tried to let myself mourn it and feel horrendous about it at times. And I really have done. Because I never really gave myself the space to do that because, well, I have my health generally. It's just an aesthetic thing that I don't have my hair. It's not a horrible terminal illness. So I definitely went through phases with not letting myself feel really bad about it when I did feel bad. A friend recently said to me that her close family member who'd been through cancer and luckily recovered 
the worst thing for her was actually losing her hair. And that really struck me because, you know, I didn't let myself grieve this kind of traumatic thing that did happen to me. You know, I felt stripped of my identity. My identity was being able to change my hair any which way. But yeah, it really struck me because of all the horrible health issues she'd had battling cancer. The biggest thing was losing her hair. And so I realised what that can mean to someone, can mean to a woman particularly, I think. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Only maybe those who, I feel, need to learn a lesson about vanity and appreciation for what you have and what others maybe don't have. Or the fact that they've got curly hair and they want straight hair and vice versa. I would want them to actually just sit and appreciate what they have because I did not appreciate the afro I had and now I'd give anything to have it back. So, I'm just saying, I'm bored. I have to say, listening back to that episode makes me quite emotional. Thank you so much for tuning in to hear these really personal thoughts and feelings around my journey with alopecia. A massive, massive, massive shout out to my fiancé, Oliver Wayne, who has shown nothing but love and support throughout this journey and shown me that bald can be badass, but also sexy and similarly just as cute and pretty. You've been the biggest champion in helping me build that self-confidence and similarly to my friends and family who have been the most incredible companions in this roller coaster of an alopecia hurdle. (laughs) There are many places to learn more about alopecia. Check out the episode notes, check in with anyone you think might be suffering from it and in the meantime, ask me anything and we'll simply strike up our own conversation. If this resonates with you and maybe you're on a similar journey, I would love to hear from you. If not, I'll catch you next time. Freedom! It's all for you. It's all for you. Freedom! Keep your ears to the ground.